Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you to all of those of you who, who are helping or supporting us, not only by joining this Sangha, listening to these teachings, but sending us support, financial support, Donna. And if that's not something that you've done, please consider it. But you can also go to our webpage and find the donut, donut, glazed donut page. Remove the glazing and it will say donate. And that leads me into the talk title. Contrivance. Don't contrive anything. Don't make things up. But if you do make things up, just observe that. Don't correct it. Don't explain it. Don't stomp it down. Don't fluff it up. Don't divide it. Do nothing with it. It's contrived, just like what I just said was contrived. It's contrivance. It smells from the get-go, regardless of the intention. Contrivance. We can't stop it. We can't really get away from that. Uh, as uh, was that? I have difficulty re reading things that I read. Matsu, the 8th century Chinese Zen master, said something like, And I have to paraphrase because I can't quote it. But when you grasp good and reject evil, it might look good. It might look good to everyone around you. It might look good to you. It might look good to your mom and dad. But grasping anything, rejecting anything, this is not the way of the Buddha. This is not the Dharma. What is the Dharma? Seeing that you're doing that. If you try to stop that, that's more rejecting. If you try to change its looks or how it look, or do it differently, find us a really wonderful way of grasping that is not warfare, then we're right back to doing something rather than being aware, being aware. It's awareness that will do this. Not walking this way or walking that way. Not the waltz, not the foxtrot. You could also say, well, isn't it kind of a contrivance to create a monastery and have sitting schedules and all of this. It is. It is somewhat of a contrivance. But again, it's about awareness. If you're aware of the contrivance, then there's less likelihood, no guarantee, but there's less likelihood that it will turn into some kind of Gestapo mentality. You're doing it wrong. You need to be punished. It takes a powerful uh, awareness, a powerful ability powerful, you could say talent, I suppose, to just receive no matter what shows up, no matter how it smells. As soon as we start to de detect anything that we don't like or that's distasteful or we start to shut down and we start to do that shutting down in different ways, one of the three, passion, aggression, and ignorance, passion will shut it down by trying to explain it and, and uh, uh, see even in a very gentle way, well, who really is... Who's at the root of this? Who's really causing this difficulty? Let's just be very civil about this. That's probably not going to last too long. Or going to war with it, or the other one is, I don't smell anything. Just distracting yourself from it. Because looking at that is just too, it's too painful. Or the, the pain of alternation, the sense that something that's very pleasant right now is going to turn into something difficult. This is the way ignorance shows up in the awareness. It doesn't show up as, 
I'm being quite ignorant right now. No, it's going to show up with, with something very reasonable. Why would I look at that, that, that the sense uh, that that is going to turn into something threatening or it's going to take away my next uh, uh, three hours uh, at the beach, which we're all planning to go. But if I look at this, I'm not going to be able to go to the beach because this is going to demand attention right now. Ignorance. So we all know what contrived is. Something that's contrived is put together with maybe some kind of a really strong motivation to control it, to get what we want, to squeeze some results out of it. But it's uncomfortable. It's bad. Speaking of good and evil. So we don't have to, you don't have to get rid of anything. You don't have to get rid of the negativity. You don't have to enhance or pump up the positivity. It's just about receiving. What you, if, if what you produce, produce what you produce or say or speak or act comes out of a powerful awareness. Several words for that. One of them is respect for confusion. You don't have respect for confusion. If you, as, as soon as you see the confusion, you start thinking up really great ideas of how to get rid of that, how to solve the problem, how to do away with it. This is very disrespectful. And I don't even have to say it, but if you don't respect, I'll say it anyway, if you don't have really great respect for your own confusion, you won't know how to fundamentally work with it because you constantly look for cover-ups, ways to get rid of it, ways to stop it, ways to, and I'm not talking about just stopping it, but explaining it, blaming somebody for why you have it. Blame your parents, even though they relatively may have, may have treated you in such a way that created chaos or disruption or suffering for you. It's not that the, we're not doing away with, we are not doing away with relative truth by trying to get some kind of ultimate understanding where we're starry-eyed all the time and we see no problem with anything. No, if you stop believing your thoughts, and if you don't disbelieve your thoughts, and if you don't ignore your thoughts, what's happening there? Find out. Find out what it is. You find out. And how do you do that? Watch what moves. Watch what is moving in the mind stream, because what is moving in the mind stream is the same thing that is moving in the life stream, just running at a different frequency. <clears throat> they both have a phenomenal aspect to it, to them. Just like sometimes I use the two different things that have uh, that are that are there. You can prove it. They're there as a rock, a piece of granite, and incense smoke. They're there. One is going to be around for a while. One won't. The other one won't be won't be here very long. And its very form is changing momentarily. It is about watching, observing all of that, see the grasping for good success. And see the, the rejection or the fighting or another kind of grasping for failure or evil or negativity. Observe it, observe it, observe it. The final, you could say final, or you could say the fundamental, or you could say the, the initial area 
difficulty there is that we generate a self because the, the consciousness is amazingly uh, agreeable to do whatever you want. It doesn't see consciousness itself, doesn't see anything but itself, doesn't see other things. And if it sees phenomena, it, it realizes that it's just the way consciousness is showing up, finding its own form. Now it's a sparrow. Now it's a fish. Now it's a thought. Now it's a feeling. Now, 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 now. Just observe it. Just observe. Tick-tock. Just observe it. Do nothing. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't shut down. That is extremely difficult if what you're observing is an intense emotional feeling of fear or hope. You could actually look at the way <clears throat> excuse me, that you are actually contriving, coming up with some kind of a contrivance for any aspect of your life or your Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon, or the way you have some kind of a negotiation that's going on in your mind stream. If you see it, don't stop it. Don't improve. Stop it. That helpful. You can remember what I'm saying. Don't, don't improve. I'm not saying that things won't improve or you won't start to see a contrast or that your partner might not see a contrast where you're no longer blaming them for how you're feeling. And they, they kind of sense that you're still having difficulty, but they just notice they're not being blamed for it anymore. That might be, make them very feel very lonely. They like being blamed because then they're, you know, it's called a, what, a relationship, you know. Sounds sarcastic? It is sarcastic. You think you guys are in relationships. So watch what moves in this. By watching it, give it a little bit of room so that you can actually see what's happening before you immediately jump to blame anything, anybody. It's not saying that they didn't trigger it, cause it in some ways, do something and function in some way that wasn't in line with what you wanted. Of course that's happening. <clears throat> Why won't it hold up in the court of whatever? Is because there isn't anyone. There's something, but it's not separate. If you see it, the war is over. You've heard me say this, I've given this talk many times in different ways. But the war isn't over as long as there's someone who is demanding anything. Demanding anything, you can't demand it. Well, you can. And you continue to go around. Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican, right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong. Like a carnival. Only it's painful. Questions, if you have them? You should have them. I haven't been all that clear. You know, okay, I don't want any questions from you. One second thought. Go ahead. Yeah, Kabbalah. Um, are all demands contrived? Yes. May not look that way. Might might be backed up with. I have to have this. I have to have this. So it's not really a demand from the point of view of your consciousness or your self-centeredness. Just have to have that. 
She's a mom. In that same text that you were referring to, at one point something says, all objects must return to mind. Mm-hmm. How do we take objects or contrivances and recognize or relate to mind? Bowen? How do you understand the word mind? Particularly other than it felt like it was endeavoring to point at something more fundamental than than the elaborations of um, perception. It is, and more fundamental is, is, uh, isn't anything in particular. So nothing is happening. There's no, it's not that thoughts don't arise and fall away relative to anything else that's happening. A car, excuse me, a car might honk out in the parking lot and your mind might go to, well, I think that's so-and-so coming back from, from, from work. So you're, it's not that, that relatively the thinking process won't still function pardon me, in a, in a very simple way, but the grasping, the greediness and the fear-based part of the mind starts to come apart. If there's enough practice and if there's enough, I'm biased in this area. I'm not saying it can't be done in other areas, but I think without the three jewels, without the teacher, the teaching and the community and those three things working together every day, it's going to be difficult more. Jeez, mind, when the contrivances come together is congealed, is there something to be acknowledged or related to that would help us recognize that more fundamental aspect of it? Um, just no explanation. Just be responsible. You're really responsible. You're to blame for nothing. You get credit for nothing, but you're responsible for everything because you're not separate from everything. It's not going to look like that. It's probably going to look a lot like I'm certainly not. I'm certainly separate from that guy or this situation or that. I can't be blamed for this. Or I'm, we're always separating ourselves into some kind of better feeling about ourselves. Usually, go ahead. Jeez, I'm buying it. Is all production of the little mind as far as emotions and thoughts contrived? Yes. Jeez, I'm buying Does anything change in regards, and I'm thinking in particular with emotions, like when I have strong emotions, even though conceptually they're contrived, I don't see that. And I'm always looking for something else. So do the emotions change at all? Uh, the emotion doesn't change, but the assumption that it, that you're having the emotion, that there's somebody there who's feeling that way, that, that splitting away from the emotion. That's why I sometimes we'll say, just be the, the, the situation, be the difficulty you're trying to get rid of. Give it a little bit of a chance. I mean, it's already in your living room, crapping on your carpet. <clears throat> You might as well just acknowledge that it's there. When I say you might as well, it's not only that, it's just, it is there. It is you. It is you. It is. You are that. Your fundamentally consciousness is not separate from anything. So you are that, but we tend to divide out. So we have a position on it. Then we can pick and choose. Then we can not have this, but have that. So it's awareness of that, that that is happening, not control. And so that's why it's necessary perhaps forever, but at least in the beginning to just receive. Anything, an emotion that rises in your mind stream, you have it coming. I'm not saying that there's a person there that has it coming, but the very situation that you don't realize, you don't understand this body-mind complex, the thoughts, the emotions, the memories, that what happened in uh, 1993, if you happen to be here at that time, all of that is there, but it doesn't belong to anyone. That's, that's an, a, an illusion. You can actually live and be a human being. It's not separate from anything. She's on buying to be the negativity 
is there a path or a practice quality that we could endeavor to do when that arises? Um, it's going to have a it's going to have a different shape depending on your path, on your karma, on your style, on on the way for the last uh, thirty years or whatever that you've been shutting out the negativity, the way you've been, the way you have conditioned yourself to deal with negativity, uh, not only in your mind stream that you're not sure where it's coming from, but there it is, you feel terrible, or from your uh, parents or your siblings or or society. So it seems to be necessary to. To have a have a practice, have a path where you can simplify. It's like the image I use sometimes of a knife. You know, if, if, if all you, most of the world, even the really sweet people, what do they call those sweet people? Uh, wait a minute, don't tell me. Um, it's not it's the other. It's not conservative. What is it? You know, say it. You're smiling. Okay. Liberal? I don't know. Is it um, progressive? Uh, awesome? Awesome? You scowling at me? <laughs> I want to hear it. Want <laughs> to hear what? I'm asking you. What is it they call it? It's still untrained what I'm saying. I don't care what your position is, how wonderful you are, how many. How many uh, foundations you felt uh, you have uh, founded to support anyone anywhere? I'm not saying I'm not taking away from those. Of course, I wouldn't do that. But that's a relative situation. The fu- the fundamental situation is is misunderstanding about who this is and what that is, and all the wars come about because of that. Even the really good wars, like the one my father was killed in. What was that? Was that the war to end all wars, or was that the First World War? One of them, huh? You know? The festival world. There's been five of them? The fifth one? Oh, that's right. Accent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just agree. (laughs) That's the safest. I'll just agree. (laughs) Go ahead, Chisa. Chisa, is there there a practice, meditation practice that is uncontrived? There is. It's called, I'm not saying there aren't other ones. but uh, shikantaza, Japanese word that means just precisely this. So sit down. You don't need Buddhism. You don't need Japanese culture. You don't need robes. You don't need these. You don't need. To, they might serve to help you a building. We need a building, or you could just go off in the woods and sit on a stump, and you could stay in your house. Go in, go in the bathroom, lock the door. Nobody knows what you're doing in there. How much time you spend in there is your business. Give anybody any ideas? Bathroom meditation. What I'm saying is, separate yourself from from everything, and watch the movement of the mind without grasping, rejecting, or shutting down the three poisons. And the first several years of that could be as many as twenty or thirty years. All you'll be doing is watching how much you grasp, reject, and shut down. You'll have to observe the three poisons before you'll eventually see. No guarantee, but this is the way it, it happens as how, how I see this. Nothing magical happens. I'll go there. What happens is very, very ordinary and conventional. You just see that things are dependently risen. Nothing comes from its own side as a singularity. It's of a it's of a, of a it's of a piece. 
the word matrix comes up, but it's not just like the movie. That's entertainment. It's, it's worse than that. And it's better than that. It's worse because it's even more. You don't have uh, Keanu Reeves there to help you out. It's even worse than that because there is no otherness to it. But if you feel, think, hear, smell, taste, or feel that there is, then you'll fight with this world and it'll go on and on and on, lifetime after lifetime. Not condemning you. I'm just giving you a rough idea of what I've been looking at for the last long period of time. So you can, to come back to your question, hold still. Watch the movement of the mind come and go and come and go until, as I was leading up to a moment ago, you will see that there is no one watching that. There is no observer. You could even say there's nothing observed, but that might be a ways off in the distance, relatively speaking. Any politics that come up are just more contrivance, even if they're correct. That's why it's so difficult. That's why if you, like we were watching the news this morning, wonderful commentator, totally uh, um, reasonable humanist approach to everything. Let's take care of everybody kind of thing. Let's, let's have the truth instead of this insanity, insanity that is going on uh, for human beings that are trying to politically take over the whole country. This has been going on forever. It's happening during the Peloponnesian Wars. It's happening in ancient Rome. It's been happening, happened in Germany, uh, Japan, China, go down through all the countries, United States. So, but you, I'm biased. You need to see the war that's here. This war inside of your mind stream, inside of your your heart. Your, that as that part of the consciousness that doesn't seem to think and doesn't really seem to feel and doesn't seem to do anything other than receive. Receive. Looks like this is the mudra you need. Receive. Respect. Receive. Bring these two together. Respect. Respect yourself. Respect others. What is the relationship of contrivance to ignorance? So contrivance is an active form of ignorance. It's, uh, it's tied in with uh, passion. So I think I got a great idea. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this work. I really feel good about what I'm doing here. Don't you? How do you feel, Jim? Well, I don't know. I think that one part needs some work. Well, we're going to have so-and-so work on that. So I think we got that covered. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe we do have. I mean, it goes on and like that. The elaboration, the elaboration of on and on some kind of a sales pitch and it might have a, a great motive behind it. i'm not saying the intention of the motive isn't great but it's the it's the way we go about doing that is based on a, a hidden you could say hidden belief that there is a problem and that there is a person and that there is another person and another person and some people got it some people don't all the belief in everything that's going on all the time relative truth more you said the active form of ignorance. Here's the inactive form of ignorance. That's one of them. Sleep. It's also a good thing to do. So don't, don't try to not go to sleep. Anyway, I mean, 
get some rest. So, but it's like that. It's like a distraction. It's not so noticeable because you distract yourself. I've told a story several times of when I, so like 30 years ago, somewhere in that area, a long time ago, my accountant, I had a, a commercial sign business, my accountant, my bookkeeper, not my accountant, but my bookkeeper was, was embezzling from me. And I really liked this guy. And I, I still like him somewhat. Um, but he was, he had a way of, of just, because he knew I was a very, what, what's the common word, gullible, I said. Didn't want to look at bad things, wanted to be as positive as possible. It was stealing from me. And when I had a chance to see that, that he was actually doing it, he was doing something with his wife that, like, don't show him that a bank statement. Like, she said, oh, does he want the bank statement? She didn't know what he was doing. And he, he's going, I actually saw his hand go. But rather than say, what's going on here? Instead, I, I just didn't want to acknowledge that the reason that my business was not making any money is that someone was taking, stealing or embezzling. That's a, it's kind of active because, but it's also, you don't really know you're doing it because if you did, then you would think, well, you don't want to have your money stolen. But is that example helpful to you? Yeah. Okay. Any further question around it? It's a it's subtle because all of the, all of the, the poisons you, you mix together, the three, there's all kinds of variations and nuance there that makes it exceedingly difficult. But observing what's happening is a good idea to train your mind. Go ahead. Once the contrivance takes a back seat, what comes forward? That's why it's difficult for the ego. It's, it's a willingness to not know, a willingness to go into the romantic idea, go into the darkness. But it is like that. Go willing to lead with your awareness. If you lead with your thought patterns, then you're always setting up judgments and ideas and concepts and conclusions ahead of, well, this time, this might happen, what that might happen, but we need to look out for this or this. It's not that that doesn't work in some ways, in, say, in the corporate world, possibly, but uh, um, it's, it's important to receive. And we practice doing that by wall gazing. Watch, the, watch what's happening in the mind without accepting it, rejecting it, or shutting down. No contrivance. Just receive. It's not, we're not saying that shikantaza isn't somewhat of a contrivance. Of course, sit down, contrive, hold still, contrive, observe, contrive. So it's a lot of contrivance. That's why you have to do a lot of it so that that part of it, the motivation uh, to get something uh, or all, all of those other things that tend to arise in that area eventually fall away. And the only, you can call it a contrivance still, is the intention excuse me, to see the truth. And the intention to see what this is yourself, not just believe what your teacher said, believe what the Buddha said. Don't believe anything. Test everything. You can say it that way. How do you test it? Just look at it. Because it will not wholesale. It will eventually come apart. Nothing lasts. Nothing lasts. More. What just came up was one person's looking for the truth might really piss another person off. And how is that supportive? Well, there's a, there's a lot of snags in that whole thing. Anytime you have a relationship, well, really, but between two people or between, that happens between the teacher and the student. Sometimes if it gets so intense, the, the student leaves the teacher, even, even a true teacher. It might just be too intense 
Uh, and uh, the true teacher is not about soft peddling anything. If they're doing that, not a true teacher. They're trying to manipulate you or convince people that they're uh, genuine. And if they're trying to convince you they're genuine through any kind of activity, right away, you know, that that's a charlatan. They might not have evil intentions in the long term, like getting in your bank account or, or abusing you in some way, but they might just, they might just like the feeling of being the person who knows everything. I like that. We have quite a few teachers in this country. I got to list them who function that way. You listen to their teaching for 20 minutes and you can see that their motivation is not about the fundamental truth. It's about, it's about the reputation. So when it comes to relationship between two people, you, you need to look at it very practical, very practically and see, am I with this person? Just to I mean, use one out of my own past, I've been in many relationships, more than I care to list, but it's because I had to do that. Well, I don't know, but I had to. But I would look at that and do I need to, do I have to get out of this relationship? No. Every single one of them I stayed with until it fell apart. But only because I had met my teacher and I understood what my teacher was pointing at and I did my best. It's not a bragging point. I'm this great person who he knows exactly what they do to do next. No, it was miserable. Miserable to be with someone who was just difficult day after day after day. Difficult to live with. And they were even practicing Buddhism. Third question. One more, I think. Are you, are you still looking for the truth? No. <laughs> Every time I look at you, I see the truth. Every time I look at anybody, I see the truth. Every time I wake up, every time I go to sleep, every time I head to the bathroom, every time, all the time, this is just, a, it's just not separate. There isn't anything else but this. There's nowhere to go. There's no, nothing can, nothing can disappear. Nothing can appear. It's completely beyond contrivance. You can't make anything occur. If you're making things occur, circles. And, it, and that circles goes right into life and death. Life and death. If you find any polarity, yes, it's every single one of the polarities. So you, you can't just kind of realize things over here and, and kind of transcend death or something because of some kind of philosophical positioning. What? If you see the truth, does that mean that you're not accepting anything? Well, you have to use the whole thing, not accepting, not rejecting, not looking away. And you don't see anything. Because you're not separate from what you're seeing. So it's not not good. Not, not fun. Not gonna feel good. The very first word that the Buddha said, as far as we know, life is suffering. You have to really realize that. You don't immediately go into like most people do if they hear that, well that's some kind of nihilism. We don't need that. Well, things are not suffering all the time, obviously. Look closely. Go ahead. Life is suffering. Does that mean that we come with that? That it's part of our DNA? I wouldn't use the word DNA. <clears throat> Just say that being born into the human realm uh, is is suffering. It's intense. All these nerve endings and all this singularity of feeling me and my food source. So it's 
It's apparently risen all the way back, all the way back to chalk markings on the caves of Laskow. It's, it's way, way back. And so we're conditioned to this. So it's very difficult to run into this even 2,500 years ago to, to meet someone who had some kind of understanding uh, already that he had to leave his, his father and his mother and go into uh, the forest and to see the truth himself. And he could have joined his, uh, the, the Brahmins, there was already an established uh, religion there, he could have joined that. That a powerful basis for transcendence also. He didn't do that. So we're here. Carl. If if the vow, Carl Bong, if the vow is a contrivance and through the effort of the vow we begin to see through that contrivance, are we left kind of hanging with Without a vow, hopefully, you you when you when you realize that the, the, the there is no vow, then the, you are the vow. You are that. You aren't a single single person anymore. That doesn't mean that you're you don't have body odor. Go ahead, Carl. I, if if the vow begins, if the motivation for the vow begins to look suspect. Before we're ready to see, yeah, yeah, gotcha. What's the question? How do we work with with that? Um, just, just, just proceed. That's why. That's why you have the vow. That's why you have something to help stabilize you in a relative way, so you can continue to work with uh, ultimate concerns, some kind of ultimate understanding, like Matsu was pointing out. You, know, you go to good. If you go to evil, you grasp any direction, you do anything, anything at all, any picking and choosing at all, it brings us back into the loop, into the Mobius strip of samsara, up and down, back and forth, life and death, cause and effect, Buddhas and sentient beings, awakening and delusion, awakening and delusion. That's why you begin to see that they're not separate, also not the same. More? How do we proceed when the vow fails us? Uh, is the vow failing you? Periodically, yeah. Um, uh, return to it. That's why we return to the vow. It goes away. That's why you don't. That's why I say don't maintain anything. You sit down, hold still, watch what moves, but don't maintain. Some teachers, some teachings, talk about maintaining something so you have some kind of samadhi or some kind of state of mind that is totally secure and safe and sometimes referred to as uh, jhana states. This is taught traditionally. Some people still teach this. They should go ahead and teach it, not against it. Some people may need to go through that kind of a training. They should do it. The way it looks here, you don't need to do that. What you need to do is see the truth yourself. There are no doubts about it. If you see it, it's not a promise so much, but I can't help but say this. If you see this, you may not even come here anymore. Or you may may involve yourself more deeply in this particular mandala. There's no there's no, there's no particular outcome. But the vow, as a result of awareness practice, feels flimsy and feels 
reference, there's no reference there anymore. So when there's no reference, the vow is no longer a reference. Yeah. How how do we maintain or not? How do we work with the vow? Just this is why it's necessary to have a teacher, a teaching, the Dharma, all the different written teachings we have, plus the teachings of that of that particular teacher, and uh, and the community. So we, this kind of catches us all different directions where we start to get fall away and get sucked back into relative concerns and considerations and goals. We don't need to get we don't need to get rid of those. In ancient times, they would do all kinds of things because they knew, um, presuming they knew that you can't do this and be married. And so there was celibacy. You can't do this and live at home. So we're the leavers of home. So uh, we're not leaving home. This is our home, this monastery. And this is a that's why I would like not here to control things, but um, it's uh, there are monks here, but operate not they're not operating in the same way that monks have in the past, where they isolate from everything and try to have a have something special kind of training that they have. The the most you need to isolate yourself from anything is that wall over there. You just need to do a lot of it. Either here at home, sit down, hold still, and watch what does what uh, what continues to move. It's also also why we return to the Buddha, the Dharma Sangha, why we actually use our whole body. The body and mind are not two different things, but they look intensely. You can drive down the street and uh, uh, heading for uh, the, the store and at the same time be totally back in a conversation you were having 20 minutes ago, rehashing an old argument or something and still not run a red light. That doesn't mean the body and mind are separate. It just means they are separated in terms of function. Not a problem. That's why consciousness always finds its own form, including the red light. It's an astonishing thing that you don't do. It's something you are. And if you see that, you stop fighting with your mind stream. Go ahead. Michael, oh, go ahead. Uh, Carl's question brings up to me questions about forms. Go ahead. What is the function of the forms? Which form? Chicken Taza. To, it, it seems to me that they are there to help us come back to the vows. Okay. Sounds good to me. We wander around, we come back, and eventually you won't even have to do that. You don't need that form because you are that. You are that vow. You're actually doing what the vow is asking you to do in the sense of a, so a, don't do harm do good that's always going to be situational that's why that's that's set that is expressed so simply so it doesn't lay out some kind of a schema for how you're going to do that you you'll know if you're harming somebody including yourself or doing good for somebody including yourself and then be with all things or save all beings is another way of saying it just don't separate yourself from anything anymore and and the practice of that is to observe the way you keep separating and separating and fighting with things, going to end some kind of internal warfare with yourself and your emotions based on validating a story out here in here in your at your kitchen table that's going on. Somebody's not minding you or somebody's being disrespectful. I mean, I'm, that's just a couple of things that could happen anywhere there or in your in the workplace or with your with your family, with your brother and sister, with people who who don't have a, pa a practice at all, and with people who are 
fully ordained as you may be. Palshan. Uh, uh, it doesn't seem like it's my ego that makes me get up in the morning and come to morning service. So what is it that receives and returns to the vow? So it's difficult to say what it is uh, slowly as you're working and as you're practicing the way of the, the, the Buddha's Dharma using those three jewels, just uh, the intention and sometimes, sometimes just a habituation to do it. Just it's time to get up. The, the, the Hanan bell, you hear, if you live in the, in, the, in the temple proper, you hear the Hanan. If you live here, you're going to hear the Hanan bell, even if you're still in bed. Because that says 15 minutes later. So, but you, so you just do that. It might take a while. Is that, is that what you're asking about? Uh, yeah, there seems to be um, an automaticness about the, yeah. the kind of sidesteps you go almost. About. It does. Well said. It does. It sidesteps it, but it doesn't exclude it. It's not doing much of anything with it. And unless you're, you know, if you're talking to anybody here, no one's going to be particularly impressed by you following the form. Yeah. You mean you actually sat for a whole six and a half hours? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard. No, it was. It was really hard. But I just, you know, I'm, I'm committed. I just do it anyway. My goodness, I've never met such an incredibly powerful a person with such, you must have just tremendous willpower. Did you inherit that? Or, no, I don't know. I think I got it from watching a lot of John Wayne movies. <laughs> Further questions? Yu Hongbaoying, earlier you mentioned someone's teaching, some teacher's teaching. I see my own projections. What's the difference between my seeing of someone's teaching and your seeing? Bowing. Oh, I don't know. It's, I mean, you mean uh, listening to some other teacher teach, and you're listening to them teach, and I'm having a, some kind of a idea about mm -hmm. the way in which they're teaching, and you're having an idea about the way they're teaching? Yeah, it could be one of the examples. It could be a larger bowing. Well, I don't have any idea for sure. I mean... Uh, Maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What is it? What is it you want to know? Because that might help me respond to the question. Otherwise, I we get into a conversation about it. Go ahead, Yung. I want to know what's the different difference between my seeing and your seeing. I don't see anything, and you do. That might sound outrageous, but I, that's the way you ask the question. It's very direct, so I have to answer you directly. We could go into that and say, well, I know you're seeing something, otherwise you'd run into walls and you'd run. But yeah, I do see. I can tell the difference between a window and a door, but they're not that much different. One just is a little higher off the floor. And you actually see that. and You see the differentiation in everything. So you cannot be fooled. I'm not saying you can't um, have an accountant trick you. You can be tricked, so you're not, it's not like you have some kind of paranoia all the time. I think uh, um, that it's, it's very simple. It's just you see that what somebody is saying, you see their motivation. It's just like a good example for that would be if somebody is really, really mad at you, uh, and somebody is really, really mad at me, I may see, just because I've been doing this for half a century, I may see right what's behind their anger, and it is their fear. They're covering up their fear. They don't even know they're afraid, 
with their anger towards me. I've had it done recently. Someone being really mad and and it's, it's the fear behind that that is covered up with anger. Whereas in your situation, and don't misunderstand, Jung, I'm not accusing you of anything, but you may be more apt to get hooked on the anger and fight back. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't, that I enjoy their anger, and I'm so proud of myself because I can see that the anger is not really anger, it's a cover-up for their fear. But you might, you might have a little bit more difficulty with uh, receiving the anger as fear and seeing that this is fear coming at me and, and not something you particularly want to go to war with or fight back. But now if you're functioning as a teacher, then it's so situational with that person, with their relationship to you, and with the entire uh, display of causes and conditions that arise uh, in every direction. As a, as a Dharma teacher, you, 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 you don't have any way of knowing how to do that. You don't have a contrivance all cooked up. Well, when they do this, this is the way I teach. And when they do that, then I teach like this. And if I'm going to be like Matsu or Suzuki Roshi or Trungpa Rinpoche or any other, I'm not like anybody. I don't have to be. And you don't either. You get to be who you are with all of your confusion. That, But the difference is, is that confusion no longer controls you because the confusion cannot find anyone who is confused. I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. The confusion is there, feels like crap. Maybe it's fearful, maybe it's scary, maybe you want to be aggressive and covered up, but you're way beyond that. You know that, that isn't, that's just more stuff. So you don't do anything, but you just feel confused, or you just feel scared, or you just feel, you just feel. But there's no identity that's doing that. It's dependent origination. And finally, you've understood dependent origination yourself. You realize there is no other it's the best thing, best news you've ever had. And it's the worst news that you've ever had for ego because ego realizes that it's not going to be able to enter enlightenment. And it is unreal. Thank you. The way you said is very helpful for me. Sorry. Thank you for your response. Sokoda. Sokoda Bowing. You said earlier that you can actually see how you contrive. Don't change. Don't try to improve. In the fourth uh, reminder, it says that um, I must cut desire and attachment. Is it a misunderstanding to think that there's something that I must do? Bowing. Nope. So what you do is you look at it. You smell it. You taste it. You feel it. You think it. Whatever shows up, receive, receive, receive. It takes practice to do this. When I say don't improve, don't step out of what you're dealing with and sort through contrivances that can help you relate to that better. I'm not saying there aren't people who need that kind of help. There are. That's why we have things like a cognitive behavioral therapy where in all of the different therapies that work with the relative truth of any situation, some people aren't ready for this kind of uh, mind training or for what I call and will continue to call, I suppose, a spiritual path where you're actually transcending the very junk you're working with, you're tra it's transcendence. There's no goal. I mean, there is relatively, when we start out, of course, there's a goal of awakening or enlightenment or to, uh, um, uh, Anutra Samyak Sambodhi is a fancy Sanskrit words for complete unexcelled awakening. So that's, that is set out there uh, as far as the teachings to magnetize those who, who have a sense that there's something way beyond 
this uh, warfare that's going on in my family, my society, my culture, my religion, the world. There's something, some deeper understanding of this. And you might say to yourself, I want that. Then I would say, find someone that, find a teacher. May not even be Buddhist. Could be in some other area. I don't know. It's possible it could be Christian. Unlikely because of the theistic orientation of somebody higher than you. Buddha's not higher you, higher than you. You are Buddha. Don't believe anything I say. So good up. More? So good up, Not not yet. Thank you. Further questions on Zoom? Kevin Bowing. With Kevin. Um, Trungpa Rinpoche gave the instruction, you can always just cheer up. Is that a cover-up or is that a uh, contrivance, Bowing? Neither. It's neither. He, and uh, if you have the kind of... Uh, uh, if you if you're if you're um, a heavyweight like he was, not overweight heavyweight, but just powerful powerful uh, teacher who taught out of his out of his presence, he can say that that kind of that kind of power. I I, I remember a long time ago he uh, he and encouraged everybody to smile, which in the relative sense I thought that's silly, but coming from him that meant a lot. Just cheer up. It's, it's, uh, it goes to Atisha's seven points of mind training, the one where it says, change your attitude and relax as it is. That's not something you can do as a contrivance, but you can use that. You can see that, that you're, it's your attitudinal uh, structure that actually you have actually have access to, but you're not going to have access if you don't have a strong sitting practice because it is not accessed by thoughts. It is accessed, if you want to call it, use that word, by awareness. And the awareness is without a self. And if you, if your allegiance, my relative way of saying it, saying of saying it is, if your understanding of who you are changes over from the singularity we call ego or narcissism or the seventh consciousness, the yogacara, then then you're you're liberated, because there there's no desire for something else. There's no there's no wish. If there's any desire at all, it may be the desire to. Uh, save all beings, help those who are suffering because they're going around in an endless, uh, going in and out of a burning house, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. So his his saying that is just uh, cheer up. It's possible to do that. It's possible to to not in the face of you're not going to say that to someone who's sitting in front of their their mother who's who's dying and say just cheer up wouldn't do that, but you might do it to someone who is in some kind of existential uh, cave of bats, speaking of bats, some, some kind of just situation that just sucks. And, and you could say, you know, you could, uh, my, uh, another way, his way of saying it, and mine too would be, you could have a little bit of sense of humor about it, about how astonishing it is that we're even in such a, an amazing, amazing situation of being a living being on a huge ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere. How did that happen? And the appreciation from that, generally speaking, is quite missing because people are covering it up by, I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it should be, it shouldn't be, they shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that, I need to get this, I need to have more of that, I need to have less of that. 
constant yapping about things in our own mind stream. So, sure. Sure. He has a, he had a tremendous, just walking in a room, not making into a, him, him into a deity, wasn't a deity, he was just someone who had no obstructions anymore. People still want to point fingers and accuse him of all kinds of terrible things, which he probably did. He was not free of his karma. Nor was Shakujo's fox. Uh, that old story about someone thinking that, well, if you're awake, then you won't be at the mercy of your karma. Yes, you will. Maybe even more at the mercy of the karma. Further, Kevin? Kevin Bowing. Yes, I'm just interested in like the nuance between like a new agey allergy to negativity and wanting to glom on to positive thinking versus yes the flash on a cheerfulness which is maybe already the case yes so a, po a positive and negative are not two and if you're beginning to understand that that anytime you have any kind of feeling that the opposite is right there it's the same thing it's not the same but it's not separate from it so therefore, you can access that. I've actually seen people do that. I've seen Unio do that before in the midst of intense difficulty. And she's not particularly talented, are you? Not at all. No, not at all. So, but, but I have actually watched her go from being just, her emotions just making her really, really miserable and just in seconds gone. But that's still relative truth. So we're still working with the relativity of it. So Trungpa Rinpoche uh, is just encouraging you to see that, you know, you're, you're attached to these things. And you can look at the attachment and that's when it goes poof. But you have to see the attachment without an agenda. There can't be some kind of contrivance operating. So these slogans of Atisha, even though some of them are quite contrived, I have to say. Uh, but maybe I just don't understand them the way Atisha intended them and I misunderstand Atisha. Jalen, okay. Does concentration require grasping? Yeah, and so let's get into that word concentration. I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody concentrate, but maybe you're not. Maybe that isn't what your question is about. Don't concentrate on anything. So I'm, I'm not sure. What is it you want to know, Jalen? Let's go there. What do you want to know? And I, I know you're not Jalen, so I'm just looking at you because you're the one that read the question. Just an explanation. Is he coming back or should we go to somebody else? We can come back to Jalen if there's another question. Might take a few more minutes to go ahead. Is relating to other people a contrivance? So, yes, everything is a contrivance. As long as we're here, then we're, there's some kind of contrivance going on. So it's about being aware of the contrivance and, and uh, about no demand. So that's when you start to look at those kind of contrivances where you're doing something because you need something, you need to, you can't, you can't, it has to be this way. That, that's the demand part that makes it difficult. And you, we will run into that as we practice awareness practice, Shikantaza. And, and it'll, it will show up a little bit differently with each person, depending on all the variables that are happening in any in persons of past karma and present situation, present relationships. What do you want to know? Can there be a hidden demand in endeavoring to listen or receive? Probably. 
it's, a, it's about awareness and that if you can if you can just be aware of what's happening in the mind stream but don't don't do anything with it don't push it down don't don't justify it don't look away from it or distract yourself just i use the example of food when it's served to you by reality pure reality serves you a plate of food eat it it's only good manners to do that to use that kind of an image not easy it can be extremely painful difficult distasteful and even scary to receive what shows up in your mind stream this doesn't mean agree with it that's a different situation it doesn't mean well of course don't reject it don't agree with it and don't ignore it and then then the karma that is arising as dependent origination uh, will will align itself without any 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 aligner even being there um by receiving you will receive it that way everything that shows up what shows up out here what shows up in here the so-called out there and the so-called in here um show up together and they just the warfare just stops no promise because even if the warfare comes back or continues you have no problem with anything you don't agree you don't disagree you don't look away did Jalen come back? I have relative intentions, and I'm looking at the balance between receiving and not grasping, but also following my relative life intentions. I don't see any problem at all. Just continue with that. Sit a lot. Find a place to sit down, sit still. Look at something where nothing is moving with your eyes open and receive that as much as you can. And if you if you do something else if that brings you to conclude or go in another direction just observe that don't improve but get to the cushion okay Very good. thank you hi this is chiazan the prior at sokokoji buddhist monastery sokazan offers these talks without expecting anything in return if you value these talks and would like them to continue please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org thank you